Welcome to Humanly, the podcast providing allied health and integrative medicine practitioners with the most up-to-date, evidence-based and clinically relevant information. This podcast is a melting pot of ideas on health and well-being and does not replace the advice of your primary healthcare professional. Here's your host, Daniel Reuters. Hey everyone, it's Daniel Reuters here from Humanly. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, today I'm here with Robbie Thompson and I uh, spoke with Robbie probably a couple of months ago and was really interested in the work he's doing. He's a vibrational wizard. He, he's into sound healing, which is um, something that I've been looking into a little bit over the last sort of six to 12 months. And I know, Robbie, you've been in this sort of area for quite a while now, and I yes. think you're probably the best guy to talk to because I think there's definitely some uh, incredible value to sound healing, and I'd really like to find out more about what it is and, and how it can be used to heal people. So, yeah, thanks so much for coming along, mate. Thanks for having me, Daniel. Um, so maybe if you want to give a little bit of background about what got you into this and your history and your journey through sort of natural or alternative therapies? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, when I was 13, uh, all I wanted to be was a guitarist, uh, originally uh, more a heavy rock guitarist. And uh, so I, I worked on a paper round and saved up enough money for an $80 guitar. And, and that's, that's where kind of my music journey began. Uh, I always dreamed about uh, being in Guitar Player magazine or something like that, and and yeah, that that was my dream to achieve and and to be signed and be flown around the planet playing with rock bands. But uh, as that dream took off, and I pursued writing music and joining bands and co-writing with other singers, uh, I quickly found out that after I started to get to know people who were becoming more famous in the music industry, that they got signed to labels and then the label seems to own them. If you know what I mean, the, you know, the, the writer of the song is lucky to get 10 cents an album and uh, they're told where to go, when to go. Uh, so they're kind of owned. They're told when to play on stage, where to play. And so fast forward many, many years, I, I hit um, my forties and I realized I, I got back into music. I'd given it up for many years uh, after having kids and being told by well-meaning friends and family, get a real job. And so I did. I worked in the Royal Children's Hospital for years and started because I'm a, a life path 11. I'm quite psychic. Uh, so it's the psychic master number. And I've always had a affinity with things the other side and and listen to messages that i get whether some people call it their angels some people call it god some people call it uh you know people who've passed over from the other side but i, I listen to the messages i get and uh i had a strong message that music was still always in my path so uh, when uh, I pursued a career of uh, basically going through becoming a wards person at the, the Royal Children's Hospital, then leaving there after eight years and uh, becoming a property investor and renovating properties, uh, started a, a business mentoring people on the Gold Coast how to uh, build their own online businesses for scratch. So, and we had a 
a few uh, courses. One was called Website in a Day. So we teach people how to build a website in a day. And all that while I was, I, I loved what I did. I loved learning new things, but I felt what was missing was the music side of things and, and uh, doing what I truly love, which is vibrational. And uh, so all that time while I was running things like the Gold Coast Business Club, which we had three and a half thousand members, we'd have events and, and, um, and at the Gold Coast Arts Centre and networking events and teach people and train people how to build business. Um, pretty soon I became really overweight. I was drinking a lot, uh, got to about 120 kilos. Um, was was drinking a hell of a lot and I didn't feel that successful so for me I realized success is in the heart rather than in the pocket and because I'd renovated all these properties friends thought I was successful but in actual fact I feel like I you know I bought into the dream of keeping up with the Joneses so I could never go on a holiday because you know I was always you know I'd get sometimes eight rates bills in the in the mail and and it seemed like that world felt like a trap to me. Uh, and then uh, my marriage fell apart because I was drinking so heavily and, and I was going down the wrong path. I remember one day in my business, I made uh, $10,000 in sales in a week and on, on our training programs. And I remember the first thing I thought is, how do I make 20 grand? Because that's a million a year. And, right. you know, it's, 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 it never ends that way, does it? And it becomes kind of like greed. So then when my marriage fell apart, I ended up getting a camper van and just traveling town to town and going back to what I loved. And uh, now my kids are a bit older and I was traveling town to town and playing guitar, uh, busking. And I realized when I was doing busking, some people look down on you and think, oh, you know, you know they think of it almost in a in a in a way that you're begging or something like that but for me the calling was to spread the love the tunings uh, alternate tunings i've learned which we can talk about later and I, I i found i had a real passion for just pulling up wherever i chose in the street and performing and i kids would come up or old people and i'd see this light in their eyes and I'd see in the, in the young children, I'd see their faces light up like I did in the eighties when I was holding my mum's hand and went up top of Man Magic Mountain in, in the Gold Coast. And I saw Tommy Emmanuel basking out the front. Now oh, he's yeah. one of the most greatest guitarists Australia's ever seen, mm. but he was a young fella about 18 years old busking at the time. And now I see that in kids' faces and, and I love doing that. But then it evolved as I learned these tunings and I was able to live town to town and, and live without job or government support, still be able to support my kids that way. I found every, every town I'd pull up, I'd, I'd open my case, start playing. And I, the way I describe it, happy fairies that dance around me and put gold and notes in my case. And, and it was always enough. You know, people will say to me, Oh, how you do? And I always say, always enough. And that's all I, I felt I needed. But then I felt a strong calling to teach these as I was recording albums and putting them out uh, to teach other musicians if they were willing to listen. Obviously, I'm not going to force my opinions or the, or the ancient tunings I'm learning on musicians who aren't ready and many aren't. Um, in fact, many uh, 
classically trained musicians are dead against hearing anything other than the tunings they've been taught which if you do your research i don't want to go into too much now but those tunings were of of uh, negative resonance to the body so most of the music we listen to these days and that comes out especially from the you know the hollywood arms of the music industry is tuned to 440 hertz which mm. in my research uh, does negative things to our body. It's not in line with nature in any way. Uh, so I always look at it like this. There was a few things done to our earth to keep us a bit more repressed, it might be. And that was rubber-soled shoes to stop us earthing. Yep. So you've heard of earthing barefoot in nature is really important. In fact, most days, every day I'm barefoot now. Uh, another one is fluoride in our water, which is now, you know, it's been known for many, many years. Um, even in, you know, the Lancet Journal, the medical journal, um, decades ago, it was announced that it was a, a chemical neurotoxin. Mm. So it, 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 it damages our brain and, and blocks our pineal gland from being able to evolve further and have more access to, to our our imagination to our our flow state and the third one i believe is our musical tunings were changed to uh to keep vibration lower to keep us in a state of disease which is a body just out of ease out of out of uh, frequency correct frequency so when we align more up to the correct frequencies what i found was when i was playing town to town busking people were coming up to me uh, like one lady in Geelong uh, when I was down in Victoria playing and she'd been listening in the car park and she came up to me and she said, you know, I've got bipolar and normally I sit in my car just, you know, dreading going into the shop. And she said, you know, I heard your music playing. And it's the first time I felt like I don't need my medication. Wow. Yeah. So, and you know things like that set me off another guy uh in in gladstone he i remember he was pacing around when he was listening to me chain smoke and he listened to my whole set i was playing and then at the end he bought one of my albums my first album uh just called 17 songs in 432 hertz and months later i get this message do you remember me and it started out after do you remember me it started out my girlfriend's not going to leave me anymore and i said why and he said well you remember how I was pacing around and, and chain smoking? I do that all night and I haven't been able to sleep. I'm insomniac and she got sick of it. She could hear me pacing around, smell the cigarettes all night. And I'd light cigarette after cigarette. And he said, you know, that night I went home, I put on your album because it's tuned to 432 Hertz, which is more aligned with our, our body and nature. And I was able for the first time I can remember to sleep for eight hours. And then he repeated, now my girlfriend's not going to leave me. Wow. Uh, and yes, yeah, so many other instances happened. So that's what led me to realize um, I'm prepared now to write books about this stuff, uh, run courses and, and teach this stuff to musicians who want to learn or even we've taught people who have never even picked up an instrument and now have become sound healers. It's an amazing story, mate, to, to sort of take all that um development and evolution to arrive at this part of your life now and i guess i've probably got a similar experience as well went through some pretty hard times abusing things too much and got really sick and had to find a way to heal myself so it's really cool that 
I guess, yeah, it's that wounded healer perspective, right? Where you got to yeah. get to the bottom of the barrel before you, you really pick yourself up. Um, there's a few really interesting points that you covered off on there, Robbie. And um, yeah, I guess one of the things that I wanted to touch on was the, um, you were talking about how they've changed the frequency of the music. So it was, it used to be 432 hertz, didn't it? And they changed it to like 400 or something, didn't they? Yeah, I believe there used to be many tunings. And the more I, I researched this stuff to write to write it into books and into the courses, the more I'm blown away, the further you go down the rabbit hole. So I don't like to focus too much on the negative side on why they changed it. Uh, but it seems that, yes, a lot of classical musicians uh, did originally uh, record in 432 hertz. Uh, so, so Requiem was originally recorded in 32 hertz. Mozart used to use 432 hertz. Uh, and there has been meetings of modern day uh, singers like Pavarotti and mm. people like that, great, great opera singers who've realised that they can sing for hours longer without putting strain on their voice mm. in these tunings. And then there's scientists saying the science behind these tunings and finding... Uh, even megalithic structures of ancient times that were tuned to resonate at, at these tunings uh, better. Uh, and then it meets the scientists seeing this side of, oh, they were at these tunings, but we can only speculate and as what to it heals. And then it's taking that side of the esoteric side and marrying the two, like, um, as you know, with modern science isn't really married with the esoteric side, whereas in the ancients, that's why, I believe they were so advanced and things are coming out now that they were way more advanced than we were. They had, you know, zero point energy, uh, wireless energy that's been hidden from us. And a lot of the energy buildings have been repurposed into cathedrals. Uh, they were using sound with art, with theater, with water, with extracting energy from the ether to not only heal, but also to create power to light up their cities. Yeah, that's right. I think there's been um, probably some misunderstanding there, certainly around the cathedrals and things and those big organs that yeah. are in those cathedrals. It, it seems like that maybe they weren't originally built as places built as places of worship and maybe built as places of healing, which I yes. found really fascinating. So, you know, do we have any of that sort of science or, or technology being used now to your knowledge or has it sort of been a bit of a lost uh art or, or art of healing yeah good question daniel um the, again the more i research the more you go down the rabbit hole the more you're blown away by this stuff it's uh it seems that there was like if, if we go back to first the ancients there was the the temple of halsefani which is in malta it's an underground carved into rock temple and that resonates at 111 hertz which we now know science is catching up we now know can uh, temporarily uh, shut off the prefrontal cortex which has our overthinking side and mm. and fire up our right hand creative side of our brain so it has so many uses in things like uh, bipolar schizophrenia depression autism you know there's so many so many uh, ways we can harness these sounds that i don't believe are uh, 
are used to their full extent yet or anywhere near like um a lot of parents say to me who have autistic children especially when they hit puberty age they say there's violent outbursts well they'll you know one dad was telling me every time the tv turns on he'll just walk up and smash it hmm. and i'm thinking that's a good thing because i don't like tv anyway but, <laughs> but you know it's it's helping that side of things if we can play them a tuning like 111 hertz and they become more in a flow state um it obviously the tv's putting out a frequency that's you know affecting them and 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 that's why they're they're directing their anger towards these things um yeah i i believe strongly that we we can be moving more towards this now there's there's signs exist especially in england that they were utilizing so the original hydrotherapy we now know hydrotherapy is just uh people in water getting healed right right but the ancient version of hydrotherapy is now coming out that and a lot of this stuff has been hidden and for various reasons mm. um obviously you know it doesn't go in line with the modern medical side of things that are a profitable patient for life so keep them just above you know just uh, sick enough so, you know so they survive and 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 milk them for money yep. um whereas th there's signs that they used to utilize water with sound frequencies with electricity and that was the true hydrotherapy right and now you know now we're not using the right frequencies if they are playing music in the hy hydrotherapy sessions are they aware of tunings like 111 hertz 528 hertz uh, 432 hertz are they aware of the power of these tunings mm. that's really interesting about the hydrotherapy like they're using one aspect of it but then they're forgetting that other aspect of yes. the frequency and the sound yeah so maybe this is a good way to lead into how sound therapy and using these frequencies actually work is it having an effect on the water in our body? Is that what it's doing? Or is it more working on the structural part of the cell? Or like, do you know how it, it works specifically? Yes. So so as far as um, we know now, and a, a lot of people argue with this, but um, uh, Nikola Tesla was once found to said, uh, what, can sound, what can light be other than a sound wave in the ether? Okay, so we used to be told when I went to school in the 80s, we were told that, you know, it was atoms was the lowest vibrational thing in our body. Then we were told electrons. Now we know it's sound wave. Everything is sound. So sound. everything comes from sound. And all the ancient scripts, you know, it's like science is catching up with the ancient doctrines and, and the old Bibles, no matter what religion you're in, it, they all say first there was the sound. You know, some say mm. om and, you know, for universe to become conscious and then light comes from sound. So good question. The, the I believe both. So water is structurally. So the crystal bowls we play in and we also teach in our sound healing courses if they're tuned correctly. But crystal essentially is uh, fossilized water. Right. So that's that's why crystal bowls have such an effect on people. It's the and and water. The more we're learning about what the ancients used the water for, they're saying a lot of people talk about um, the memory of everything in water is held in water. 
Mm. And and ancients always talked about that, and we're now catching up with that. That water has memory, and now science is catching up with that. So our latest computer chips that we have uh, are called super memory crystal chips, and these chips can hold billions of terabytes for billions of years. They say of of, of information in these new computer chips, and they're made from crystals, which is fossilized water interesting and then we look at the things like the stonehenges uh like stonehenge and many standing stones i found throughout australia so a, a lot of it's been covered up and bulldozed you might have heard about the mullumimbi stonehenge that was found it's probably more important than stonehenge you know that everyone talks about over overseas so uh but the thing the thing about these stonehenges is they were using sound when right. our discovering they resonate at certain frequencies the stones you'll often see like in stonehenge the the pictures of it you'll see smallest standing stones in front of larger standing stones now we've worked out why that is with um acoustic specialists have tested this and by bouncing sound off so in stonehenge someone could be singing and if you have your eyes shut, you would hear that noise of the singing or, or, you know, a musical instrument or a crystal ball playing, you would hear it all around you. So you mm. wouldn't know what direction it would come from. And even more amazing is we've discovered these, what's called standing waves, the way uh, waves can pressure into these rocks and, and bounce off. And, and that's why you can't hear the direction because they're bouncing. But now they've now discovered, we were always told uh, light was faster than sound, but that's in fact not true because sound really? can change its speed. And it's been proven in simple experiments that sound can be faster than the speed of light by creating this bounce effect where the sound waves, when they bounce and collect against each other, they become faster and faster. Hmm. Uh, so, um so many applications there to towards zero point energy but also towards healing uh we're finding in the old all the old uh native drawings a lot of them where you see sw especially swirling patterns yeah they're actually cymatics that they were actually putting on their caves that we're now finding are all resonance devices to generally to heal or to take people into uh states a very low hertz wave so they become in in trance like states uh they're starting with a higher hertz frequency and it from it bouncing off walls it's bringing down to a lower hertz that we can't even hear um see we can't hear generally lower than 20 hertz but when you mentioned the pipe organs the largest pipe organs they go down to eight hertz oh really so why are there notes they're playing that we can't actually hear interesting it's, it's more for healing and for maybe as as we're finding out now for creating power things like that mm. and and when you mentioned memory before i've been thinking about the memory of water uh and how it's able to hold memory for such a long time and that's now i'm, I'm sort of trying to work out whether or not that's how we have memories within our brain it's actually the water that holds the memory and not the physical tissue um and maybe that's actually where things like consciousness come from as well as the vibration of the water and the, the frequency on the water and i also sort of think that maybe 
this is the way the nervous system works or the the body communicates with itself because you mentioned about cymatics um so is it possible then that the frequencies within our body change somehow and it causes instant change in another part of the of the tissue because when you read the textbooks on how the nervous system works like if you actually time took uh, worked out how long it took to send a signal from your brain to your big toe and wiggle your big toe it's like three or quarters of a second right it's not instant so that mechanism to me doesn't really make sense but the Mm -hmm frequency of water change or frequencies that cause water to change is actually probably more of a accurate uh, hypothesis of, of how that, that might work. I don't know yes. if you've got any thoughts on that. Yes. Well, water holds the secrets to many, many things that are, un, you know, unknown to us. Maybe if you know them, but they uh, have obviously up till now keep kept these secrets to themselves. Uh, Water, yeah, I believe holds memory of everything. Uh, We're now finding out a certain uh, tuning. We we can even affect when you mention cells um, with with tunings we've now zoned in on and science is now, they're doing, um, not that I'm for this, but often people say, have have you got peer reviewed studies on this stuff? But as, as, some of us know peer-reviewed often means you know some joker agreeing with another joker right mm-hmm. and and not wanting to rock the boat because he that's his you know the guy he looks up to and has taught him or his professor right um but for people who want that sort of evidence there's now been peer-reviewed studies even about how certain tunings can affect things like alcoholism so we found uh that a certain frequency we're zoning in on now which i'm very passionate about not only is known to structure water and to restructure water so to to put more life force energy into water uh, to increase its minerals content and and to actually can clean water technically Um, they found in peer-reviewed studies that this same frequency can lower cell destruction in alcoholics by listening to at a certain they found at a certain uh, decibel so loudness of 80 decibels for only around four minutes can reduce cell deaths in alcoholics by 20%. So reduce the, the, and that's the biggest thing that, that affects, you know, and, and people pass away from alcoholism is the cell destruction. Right. Mm. Uh, So they found yeah that this tuning. So um, imagine how that could have applications in um, uh, rehab centers, uh, if people still are addicted in going to pubs, how they could be playing this in pubs to, yep. you know, to negate the effects of the alcohol on the cells and in destroying them. But I mean, in a healthy person, we've also found that same tuning can increase cell virility by a hundred percent. So twofold. Wow. Yeah. And you got to wonder like if the music that's played in these pubs or even just on TV or radio or whatever, mm. Um, is played at a certain frequency, which induces people to want to have to drink in the first place. You know, <laughs> like, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very live, vibrational, and the same songs can be retuned that we love. And I always say, when musicians say to me, "Oh, you know, I don't believe in your tuning. It's a load of dung and stuff like that," I always say, "Well, you're a musician. Do a blind test." 
listen you know there's plenty of blind tests on on youtube where you can listen to the same song played live or recorded and you don't know what order you're hearing them in you can close your eyes and which one sounds more calm and in these blind tests um there there was one uh i think more than 80 percent of 2000 people tested uh preferred 432 hertz to 440 hertz um, and they used to describe 432 hertz words like bliss, you know, I felt at peace, 440 hertz, I feel angry, I feel, you know, it doesn't feel good, you know, things like that. They were using their words to describe how they were feeling. Uh, and yeah, smaller tests, they were finding the same thing. And that's where I think science needs to get back to, Robbie, is that real tangible natural science where you, you can observe something happening with your own eyes or your own ears or your, your, your five, six yeah. senses, rather than all this other stuff where we try to go deeper and deeper with a microscope into a cell to work out all the intricate happenings. Um, exactly. We got to flip it on its head and, and go more macro here. And that's mm -hmm. a perfect example of how we can prove that this therapy using different frequencies is actually having a, a beneficial effect. And yes. it's interesting because I used to do a lot of laser therapy in my clinic and we'd use different frequencies for different tissues and different conditions. And that was based on light and the, mm -hmm. like the wavelengths and the impulse of light, uh, which I guess at the end of the day is probably just sound anyway. Yes. Well, you might've heard of Sazer technology, which is the new laser technology that they say is faster than the speed of light. Um, that is used, utilizing sound, Sazer technology. Interesting. So that's, that's one proof that sound can become faster than light. Mm. So when you're, um, obviously you can't treat someone by going around to every single person's house and playing guitar to heal them right like a, a, a practitioner can't do that and not every clinician can play a guitar or an instrument or something anyway so exactly. you were mentioning about these crystal bowls before is this the principal way in which people or clinicians or healers or just the general person i guess once they get trained to use this is that how they're using this um, technology of sound healing is with these crystal bowls yeah, well, good question. Some people these days are using electronic devices. Yeah, right. You might have heard a few brands that are coming out and there's also a multi-level marketing version of a brand that's taken off quite quickly. Uh, I believe they can be great, but I believe there's no substitute to acoustic music. So what yeah. I mean by acoustic music is the real instruments being played. I believe the second most beneficial be, would be a recorded version of those acoustic music uh, of those acoustic instruments mm. so recorded onto mb3 or whatever but i believe uh, it's it's in my opinion a third would be these devices that they strap people to oh, okay. uh, that they call resonance devices um the the reason why i say that is there's no substitute for the human intention you know how they say that the, the greatest uh thing that ever came out of medical discoveries was the placebo effect now what is the placebo it's a, a sugar bill initially right or these days the placebo is really the intention isn't it that people are putting in that's why they say 
the bedside manner of a doctor. Someone would be going to a doctor always, and then they get a new doctor and they're like, he can't heal me. I feel, Ill. you know, it's because they're used to that bedside manner. It's not the drugs that are, and, you know, obviously pharmaceutical companies know this. It's not the drugs that are curing people. It's, it's, it's the placebo effect of believing the drug. And in every test they ever did on placebo effect, they, they found that, you know, the, the placebo is more powerful than the drug, the belief of it. Mm. Um, I believe, yeah, the intention of the person playing that instrument is, is a big magical side of the frequency as well. Like it's, but when you marry the two of knowing the right frequencies and then putting the intention in. So we have people who come to us who already have crystal bowls and they want to do my course, but their crystal bowls are tuned wrong to 440 hertz bass tuning. Oh, really? Um, so you can retune a crystal ball. Sorry. You can retune a crystal ball. You have to get it made to a certain tuning. Right. Yeah. Okay. It'd okay. be very difficult to retune it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, they've they've purchased it obviously in what I believe is the wrong tuning. If it's mm. if it's tuned to 440 hertz, yes, they could help heal people and calm people from the placebo and the intention. But I believe when it's tuned correctly to say 432 hertz, 528 hertz, or some some of these magical tunings we've discovered, that's when the true magic happens. Yeah. And there's also with, uh, with practitioners, they might not want to learn this stuff, but, or they might want to learn a little bit about it, but not play these instruments. And this is where they could utilize uh, buying correctly tuned acoustic music pre-recorded and utilize it when they're massaging a client, when they're doing hydrotherapy sessions. That's so they cool. don't need to be playing. They could be, um, you know, conducting whatever it is, their physiotherapy sessions, their Reiki, but having a knowledge of the correct tunings enough so that they know that the, the music they've purchased or they're playing to the client is having that healing effect and that's that's where i believe you know one plus one equals 11 when you marry you know the, the correct frequencies with the amazing modalities yeah definitely and you even mentioned before about the intention of the person playing the instrument yes and that reminds me of when like your mom or your grandmother or someone's making a meal and they literally put love and care into making that meal and it tastes so much better than someone else who uses the exact same ingredients in the same recipe um, and just slaps it together. It doesn't taste the same. So we're physically transferring that energy into, yeah. into the food, <clears throat> excuse me, into the food as well. Exactly. It's like the secret ingredient to the special noodle soup, Kung Fu Panda. It was the love, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, it's the love. And mm. do you know, like do, do different emotions have different, um, frequencies at which they vibrate at? Because I know in Chinese medicine, they have different organs associated with different emotions. So is there something to that or? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, Dr. Moto, you might've heard of, he, yep. he uh, studied the water droplets and freezing them into, and you know, the, the ones that are like love look like angelic snowflake patterns just beautiful cymatic patterns when when i say cymatic i, I mean sound visible so cymatics mm. can be originally it was they used uh, sand on a metal plate and they put a vibration of a frequency against it 
And what we found is, yeah, negative frequencies in tunings look like negative things, right? And then the positive frequencies look angelic and look like love. So with Dr. Moto's experiments on water, they were just putting out that mental intention, which is a frequency. If, if Nikola Tesla's work was right and everything is vibration, uh, and everything at its core level is musical notes, including this table I'm sitting at, including us, then those Dr. Moto's work was they were putting out the intention of I love and this beautiful cymatic pattern in the water droplet when it was frozen. And then the I hate you or, or uh, you're no good or, you know, the, the feelings of jealousy were, were ugly looking cymatic patterns in the water droplets. So, so yeah, that's that's proof of just even our 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 intentions are sending out a frequency from us, just like our aura radiates from us. It's it's fascinating when you think about that because, say, if you, if you look at it from a Chinese medicine perspective, they say that the the organ associated with anger is the liver. Mm-hmm. So it's then I've always thought about how is that possible, but maybe the thoughts of anger resonated a certain frequency and it's specific or specifically negatively affects the liver tissue. Exactly. That kind of makes sense to me. Um, And also like you can, there's a little experiment that you can do is like by putting intentions into water, uh, you can change the physical properties of something like rice in a, in a jar and you put water in it and you have another rice, uh, another jar with some rice in it and you put water in that. And one jar you give love to every day and you talk to it nicely and you, you know, say, I love you and you're beautiful and whatever else. And then the other jar you come along and it's like, I hate you. You're terrible. You're disgusting. And I, as you watch the change in the rice that you give negative emotions to over time, it turns rancid and it starts to ferment and break down and, basically isn't rice that you would want to eat but the rice that you give the love to it just stays like beautiful white rice that you could easily take out of that jar and eat it's it's really profound yes yes and same for yeah exactly for food there's that uh, west end markets uh, there's a guy who plays classical music they play classical music to the food they grow <laughs> we like to buy their organic produce from them now what i'd love to see is tests not just classical music but at the correct frequencies being played right. to plants and seeing how that could increase crop yields um the right frequencies at, at another point might be played to surgeons before they go into surgery now when i worked at the mm. hospital there was all these stuff ups like you know oh i'd hear it from the nurse oh the that doctor he's really down at the moment he sewed a, he sewed his scissors into a patient right you know right. and they're, so they're going in high stress having to do a lot of um surgeries not only that them hearing the correct frequencies to get them into a flow state but also the patient before they go under what's going to affect the the physiology in the repair of the patient when they come out whether they were going under, freaking out, am I going to wake up or going under with some beautiful music to get them into a flow state to not really, not really be worried so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, there's there's so many aspects. And now another one uh, companies are working on is they found that all vitamins have a, a signature frequency as well, yep. like you mentioned. Um, so they're zoning in this companies, you know, investing a lot of money at the moment into zoning in on uh, say a common one, people say they can't absorb iron. And I used to say to them, well, um, have you tried using a cast iron pan? Because that worked for me, the cast iron. And, oh, so that still doesn't work. And now they've realized that iron in the body has a resonant frequency. And if you're not able to, uh, even by taking iron pills or using a cast iron pan, if you're not able to retain that iron, it's no good, is it? But with the right frequency, if we just zone in on that and play that frequency to the patient, that iron deficiency, it can manifest from seemingly nothing, mm -hmm. the, the iron in the body, yeah. because yeah. that frequency is manifesting the iron. Uh, so there, there's, yeah, there's companies that are, are working out all the exact frequencies of each uh, vitamin or mineral deficiency in the body. So they, they're wanting to put out apps soon that we can play that frequency if, if whatever we need. And this is how I've been thinking for a while, how vitamins actually work. Um, Cause when you look at the science behind it, they really don't have any clue about how these things work. You can't put a microscope in the body and yeah. like watch this thing go around the body and go into a cell and then have mm. an effect. You just can't do it. It's all hypothetical. And I've always thought, I think it's got to do with frequency that mm. the molecule is just vibrating at a certain frequency. And when it goes to the cell, it provides the frequency that that cell needs at the right time. And it keeps it vibrating at a, at a certain level. So it maintains homeostasis. And there's probably um, not a lot more to that. I, I think it all comes down to frequency and, and the structure of water and the vibration of, of the cell. Um, yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm Glad you sort of brought that up because I think it, it probably is the future of nutrition. I really sure do. Sure mm. is. Yeah, if we if we can zone in on the right frequency, I believe we can do anything. And the big one holding, as I, I suppose most of your 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 listeners, if they're practitioners, would also know, is that we used to we, we used to not be able to help someone who can't help themselves you know what i mean it's it's yeah. like if they're thinking low energy thoughts if they're using the law of attraction in a negative way um there's no matter what sort of healing modality we give them they're resonating at a frequency of disease just like mm. cancer it can be created through your thoughts and low vibration like uh, um, when i used to work in uh in uh, personal development, like speaking on stage with business owners and that sort of thing back in the Gold Coast, uh, we used to say, you know, if if you spoke to yourself, like if, if you spoke to your friend, the way most people speak to themselves in the mirror, you'd get punched <laughs> in the face, right? Wouldn't you? So most people in the mirror, yeah. I hate you. I, you know, you're, you're no good. You've got nothing to offer the world, things like that. And when I started learning this stuff, I, I started practicing it myself. And at first it sounded fake. I was, I was um, trying to put out that resonance, but I was looking in the mirror kind of, and you're alone, you feel embarrassed saying to yourself, you're awesome, you know, and stuff like that. But the more I did it, the more I found, I started to believe it. Just right. as every, everyone in, they say everyone in prison believes they're innocent because they've, 
you know, even if they have done something, they've convinced themselves they're innocent, you know, someone lies enough, they believe that reality, don't they? Um, I believe that if, if we've got a patient now that's of a low vibration that might have, say, cancer or, or, or whatever, and they're keeping going down no matter what treatment they, they're in, that's where music comes in. If we can help lift their spirits with the right types of tunings, like I said, things like 111 hertz that boost the vibration of people, uh, it, it shuts off their prefrontal cortex so they're no longer overthinking like stuff from the head space then, and opens up the right hand side, which is more the heart space, the creative side, and they're in a more flow state, they're gonna be more uh, open to the treatment they get by no matter what practitioner it is, whether it's Reiki or, or massage or, or whatever. Uh, yeah, that's, I believe the secret ingredient is, is tuning into those frequencies and then do the healing. And I found with that, um, you know, if, if your practitioners are open to trying this, that, that, that watch this podcast, I think they'll find that they're, they'll be getting some amazing feedback from mm. clients, you know, amazing testimonials um, from their sessions when they add that other side to it. And, and it might only be, they might not want to learn these, uh, how to play these instruments, but I, I do um, recommend every healer, no matter what area you're in, gets a grounding in vibrational frequencies, you know, knowing the correct Hertz ranges. And, and how do they get access to that information, Robbie? Like, tell me about your work. Are you running courses, workshops, face-to-face -face stuff online? What do you offer and, and how does it sort of work? Yeah, we do run face-to-face -face workshops, uh, but the, the most easily accessible to people around the world, and I've had amazing feedback from this, is I've got an online version as well. Cool. So people can study from home, which has been really great considering the amount of lockdowns we've been in, having in Australia, people are able to then, oh, okay, if I can't work in my practice at the moment, what's a new skill? What's a new string to the bow to my, what I can help people with mm. and an addition I can, I can offer. And as you know, sound healing is such a sought after modality now. Yeah. Uh, you know, if people are waking up to the fact that, that, that vibration is everything at its core level. So mm. uh yeah, we, we've created, with my partner, Melissa, uh, we've created the Sound Healing Practitioner's Certificate course, which is all online now. We've got videos and texts that you go through each module, tick it off, and at the end, you get a certificate to say you've completed the course. And yeah, we've had amazing feedback from people all around Australia and now people in Americas and, and Europe are, are beginning to look at it. So yeah, I had, had some amazing feedback from a lady in America who started on this journey before I did. She was actually a, a singer and playing in, uh, in bands that the, the guy who ran the band, he was believed that the right frequencies could heal everyone. And this was back in the eight, late 80s, early 90s, before I'd, I was still, I was playing music, but I hadn't discovered these frequencies then. And when she found this course, she was like, wow, this resonates with me so much. It reminds me of what he told us all these years ago. And then she'd given up singing because she had kids and her, her, her husband passed away. So she had to look after her kids. And now she's getting back into this stuff and, and you know, really wanting to use it to, to help heal the world. So yeah, th that's the way I've tried to leverage it more is so obviously, as you said, I can't 
go out and do sampling for everyone. So my passion is to teach others so there can be as many of us out there who have these skills to zone in the correct frequencies. Yeah, so that's that's at awaketheancient.org. So quite easy to remember website, awaketheancient.org. Because yes, it's, it's, you've probably worked out, I'm all about discovering what the ancients once did. I believe there's more knowledge than our current uh, medical system has, that's for sure, if we look back to that but also marry the new what we've got we've got it we can get access to amazing music, uh, instruments from all around the world now can't we and and implement them into our healings yeah and it's crazy when you talk about how what the ancients used to do and how they were able to heal people and we didn't need hospitals and this sort of thing like yeah. I, I talked to my fiance who's uh from thailand and i said to her like what's how come the, the type or what's the the um traditional thai medicine she's like oh we didn't really have one like you just eat some herbs or whatever and like they didn't have hospitals or you know doctors or anything like that because i think for any traditional um or ancient civilization they didn't need any of this medicine because people weren't sick and because people were in tune with nature, they knew exactly how things worked and they were at one with their surroundings. And they didn't, they'd worked out exactly how to live in complete harmony with nature. So we look at them as primitive because they didn't have technology and all this sort of stuff. They did. We just see it as primitive technology. And they knew that by doing it that way, there was an impact on the environment. There wasn't a, you know, no pollution in the, in the place that they're trying to live. Things grew better. There was better nutrients in food. Their body healed faster. It was perfect. That's why they did it that way. Yeah. And it was trial and error over thousands, tens of thousands of years to get to that point. But now it's been destroyed. We've got to try and get that back. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I've heard about places like, you know, Philippines as well, uh, where the doctor's um, are often paid on how many patients they cure. So let's think, right. let's think about how different that is to our Western society where the doctors, you know, uh, uh, kind of influenced by how many drugs they can, you know, like give, there's no such thing, you know, as, you know, a, a well patient isn't a profitable patient, is it? So it kind of works counterintuitively, doesn't it? To to often what I've heard about the Asian way, if the doctors were actually paid on how many patients they cured instead of, you know, this, this way of medicine these days, keeping people in a state where they're, they're sick and profitable for as long as possible. Yeah. yeah, it's a sickness model. It's a disease model rather than a wellness model and a health model. If they flipped it and it, they were getting paid, they, well, they stopped getting paid when someone in the family that they were looking after got sick every heart surgeon and every doctor and um, whoever else, every, every type of medicine, medicine specialty or health practitioner, they'd be out the front of McDonald's and hungry Jackson, all these other places and fast food outlets and pubs and whatever, kicking their patients out, stopping them from yeah. going in there. Like, cause exactly. if you go in there, you're going to get sick and I'm going to stop getting paid. Yeah. So the, the system's completely backwards, Robbie. And um, yeah. I think it's cause people don't, know that 
their body is actually capable of healing. They're just under this illusion that when we all just get sick, getting sick is just a way of life. It's something that happens. And I actually believe that when we live in harmony with nature, there is no such thing as, as illness or disease. Um, so this, this disease type things actually like being manufactured to a Mm -hmm. point where they've created medicine and, and pharmaceutical drugs. And now they sell, they create the problem. Now they sell the pill to, for the solution. Um, and, and on that point, like with sound healing, is it something that heals people quickly? Can it heal someone just by itself or does it need to be a combination of many things? And is, is it a long process? How does it well, sort of work? Well, as far as it, it all depends on the person, how much they believe, obviously. Like, so uh, in, in what's happening, uh, what vibration that pers person is at. So again, the sound is going to assist to lift their vibration. But as, as we've discovered with, with some of these even peer-reviewed studies, they were finding that uh, things like 528 hertz played for only four minutes was having such an impact on the cell death um and deconstruction of alcoholics that it was phenomenal you know a 20 percent reduction they're averaging of of um of of the cell death in alcoholics and then a hundred percent increase in cell virility just by uh, that, a few minutes of listening to it and then we've heard about people like raymond rife you know who was yes. working on on uh helping treat cancer and things like that and then supposedly having some amazing results in just a few minutes um, you know, the reports are that uh, they were showing the, the cells, the, the malformed cells were just being destroyed, but they weren't leaving behind shattered remains. They were imploding completely mm. and disappearing. And then other cells were freaking out and trying to mutate the, the disease cells, were trying to replicate and double themselves. And as they were replicating, they were being destroyed completely with no trace and in in matters of seconds to minutes so and that that work's been furthered um by by many who's followed on from his work um and and a lot of them don't really quote him but um as we know from this has probably come from ancient stuff it might not have been Ray, raymond rife who invented this stuff um a lot of modern day people including Nikola Tesla that a lot of us look up to, it's now being said that he just used ancient technologies. He was just, you know, he didn't invent this stuff. He was just rediscovering it, like reverse engineering stuff that was still left alone, left aside from what we now call Tartarian times. Which all got destroyed. They, they destroyed um, Rife's microscope and his, and his machine. Yeah. When you were saying about the cells dying in response to the frequency. I had a bit of a brainwave and I'm just going to say it because we'll probably forget what I'm, my line of thinking, but with cancer, they say like negative emotions can manifest that. So is it possible? I'm just thinking aloud here that the frequencies that are generated from those negative emotions, other cells pull that frequency towards them and then because energy is not created or destroyed it's just changed mm. so they don't want all the other cells in the body to be vibrating at a lower frequency or the wrong frequency so they those cancer cells are actually cells protecting us that absorb that frequency and hold on to it mm. until such time that person sorts their 
shit out, so to speak. And then those frequencies can be changed and released by the body and then the cancer goes away. Exactly. Well, when you look at what is cancer, it's, it's holding in one place. And what do we do when, um, you know, what, what I, when, when I worked for years at the hospital, what I noticed was I believe that people die more from the treatment than they do from the disease, right? So what are we doing? Like I had squamous cell carcinomas and I had one cut out of my arm. And what a cut, you know, doctors are still cutting and burning and things like that. And they they call uh, alternative, what well, we term as alternative therapies, they call that like witch old stuff, but cutting and burning, what, you know, what could be termed as more archaic and, and kind of, you know, it's, you know, basic Neanderthal style of doing things when we know that the cancer is holding that, as you said, that, that, that area of, um, of that's, that's wrong with the body in, in one sealed container, but then people go for treatment and get cutting and burning and cytoxic drugs, which kill all cells. And so they're, they're often dying from the treatment, aren't they? Uh, whereas I had one cut out of my arm, a squamous cell, and then it went through the lymph nodes and I started getting squamous cell carcinomas um, throughout my body. And what I did back then is I found a, a, a natural herb, which we're not allowed to talk about anymore. This is before I knew about frequency. And it pulled out within a few days, a carcinoma, a squamous cell carcinoma. Mm. It fell out of my arm yeah, right. and then left a hole, which ended up, if you keep it clean, some people use colloidal silver, it fills up with good cells again. Mm. And that's the whole cancer encased came out of my arm instead of cutting it and they're missing and they're they're leaving roots and things like that or burning even worse right um and that led me really onto that discovery of more okay if there's herbs that can do this music makes people feel good maybe there's something behind this and then the deeper we go with music we're realizing well those herbs are just frequencies anyway yeah that, that people are using. Right. so um get to the root of things is is the frequencies mm. so it's almost like because frequencies can cancel each other out yeah so you know that's like a, a light bulb moment for me that we're putting in a herb or a, a vitamin or whatever it might be and it's just the frequency that goes in and cancels out the pathogenic frequency so to speak yep. and then the the issue is nullified the, the issue is dealt with because the frequency is gone and now the cell can move back to homeostasis and start functioning properly again. Yeah. And yeah. even beyond that, exactly. You're exactly right. But if we take that a step beyond that, what's been holding us back from evolving as a society, like, um, you know, extreme examples of you, you might've heard um, there's natives uh, who are sea dwelling people who can actually walk along the bottom of the, the sea floor there's um we now know that there's there's a human that could that was able to breathe in i think it was 2012 underwater for 22 to 23 minutes most most uh dolphins can only breathe underwater for 10 to 15 minutes right as as, as humans we're, we're built to evolve more and more and more and very quickly 
and mm. what's holding us back and what can help us reach those next stages where the um you know the esoteric belief that often talks about entering 5d uh, entering new realms of consciousness. Um, even science will agree that there's more dimensions than what we perceive. They, they used to say, I remember, you know, 15 years ago, watching quantum physics documentaries, and they're saying, we know there's at least 11 dimensions, right? Um, having access to these things, having access to be able to, the, the DNA strand is an infinite loop, isn't it? It should really repair itself and be able to keep repairing itself mm. uh the sumerians had had uh the the uh the sumerian kings list that's come out it showed kings reigning for hundreds of years mm. how were they able to live for hundreds of years if that is true um you know uh some whether you believe that that or not i believe that the human being is made to last a long long time yes and uh, well beyond to what we're aging, we're saying old age is maybe, you know, my grandma, um, she, she lived on, on this earth till she was 99 and three quarters in quite good health. I used to ask her secrets about, you know, what she did and why she was in quite good health then. But the more I look back at what, you know, is said of the ancient times, particularly in places like Suma, uh, uh, Egyptian times and the health, you know, we're doing a lot of negative things to our body, aren't we, in modern days that are really reducing our, our lifespan um, with the foods we eat, the music we're listening to at the wrong. Uh, and another thing I saw was I used to love heavy metal and I used to wonder why all these heavy metal singers I, I really looked up to and, and, and liked their music back when I was an angry teen, right? They'd end up passing at around my age so you know around like i'm i'm like 40s now 40s to 50s and quite often it was of throat cancer right and they were singing at 440 hertz <laughs> they were also singing quite negative lyrics weren't they yeah the heavy metal lyrics if you listen to is is about often death and things like that so what were they creating and then and then we found that people like Pavarotti and, and, and great opera singers are now trying to get the tuning changed to back to 432 or to use other more harmonious tunings. And they're saying that they can sing for much longer without straining their voice and their voice has a much longer life by doing that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so where could it go from next if we can discover frequencies to increase not only our lifespan, but to extend the aspects of DNA to open up new DNA to what many would term superhuman. It, it's um, the future of medicine, really. Well, the future of humanity, I think, is all this frequency healing and frequency medicine. And yeah, about those uh, people living for a long time, like there was actually a guy, I think, I forget his name now, it's like Shi Len Chen or something to that effect, who was reported to live for like, 270 years or something and that was in the new york times and um life magazine and i think that was published in i don't know now was it the the, the 30s or the 40s or something mm -hmm. and yeah they it's physically there like you can go to the magazine like this guy was 270 odd years old and his yeah. secret was that he um 
didn't eat a lot of food. He just ate like some herbs and things that he collected and drank a bit of rice wine, stayed pretty active. And mm-hmm. it was a very like simple um, mantra that he gave to his, his uh, secret to, to longevity. And that's what we're led to believe is like the, usually the opposite to what we hear is true. So, Oh, you're living till 80 G that's a good lifespan. Mm. But in re- in reality, it's like, maybe we could be living for quite a lot longer than that. Exactly. And people find it very hard to believe and very hard to fathom. But, you know, I think if just a few years ago, one of the oldest people alive is like 123 or 124 years old. Mm-hmm. Right. So we know that people can get to that age. So what's stopping us from going longer there's got to be something else Mm. there that's accelerating that that cell death and that cell turnover which ages the cell there's got to be something to that yeah and robbie i I don't i don't don't want to keep you too much longer because i know you've probably got stuff to do but i was reading this study the other day about uh what causes skin cancer because you you brought it up before about you having a squamous cell skin cancer and we're told that it's the sun right Mm. They say the sun is the thing that causes the skin cancer. Well, there's these um, researchers that published two papers in the early 2000s over in Sweden. And basically what they did was they uh, correlated the rise in skin cancers to when um, radio frequency and television was starting to be rolled out across the world. Exactly. And and I remember in the 80s um, when I was young, the... The, the, the slip slop flap came out right slip on a shirt slop on sunscreen and slap on a hat they even had a song for it right and i i feel for a fact that mine came from petroleum and sunscreen yep. not from the sun and since then now i've i've got quite um i've got freckly pale skin but i live outdoors barefoot Right? I travel town to town in my camper van. I'm often in nature, walking through nature bare feet and, you know, forests, going to lakes, things like that. I never seem to get sunburn anymore. Number one, I worked out because most people wear sunglasses, right? That's telling the retina to the brain that it's dark, right? So it's telling the skin you don't need to prepare right now because it's dark because you're wearing sunglasses, right? Now I don't wear sunglasses. Not only that is, have you heard of sun gazing? Yes, I have. Yes. So I've completed sun gazing, which is 44 minutes. It took me about two years. Like you start at really safe times. So within an hour of sunrise or sunset, you have to be barefoot back straight. And I started at 10 seconds. And I remember 10 seconds because I got blue eyes, pale skin, you know, sensitive, you know, uh, you know, tears would be streaming down my eyes. But when I got to about 22 minutes, I I kept reading about, I was reading how it feeds color to all the organs, just like color therapy is trying to imitate the sun. So all the color of the rainbow go to organs, go to the pineal gland. And by about 22 minutes, I, I noticed some very strange things happening. One was I was able to astral connect with people. It didn't seem to be what distance, but it did seem to be more powerful if they knew their powers. So one lady, she was in California while I was in Gold Coast in, in Australia, and we were able to astral, astrally connect like we were in the same room together while I was staring at the sun. And um, 
then when I finally hit 44 minutes, what you're told is, and you know, you work up very slowly at safe times, is to maintain that, what that, that upgrade it's given you, uh, all you need to do is walk barefoot at least 15 minutes a day. So what I decided is I took off my shoes and I haven't worn shoes in years. Um, I, I rarely, which helped me giving up drinking, by the way, because I can't go into pubs now. They won't let me in because no shoes, right? Not that I want to go in anymore. So, uh, yeah, but I'm walking around Brisbane or, or Gold Coast and I often get even uh, homeless people come up to me and go, wear your shoes. Or I might be down in Melbourne, it's freezing, right? And they go, wear your shoes. I'll go, I don't need them. And they, even the homeless people don't believe you, right? They're, they're like... Um, one just at West End recently is like, go on, scuff around, prove it to me. Scuff around, let's see if you get glass in your feet. And I say, mate, I can walk over tons of glass. It never seems to go in, but tell me there's bindies. Um, I'm worried because you know, no matter how tough you we get, bindies still get in, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it's so cool. Like this is what we used to do as humans is, is watch the sun come up and watch the sun go down. And there's definitely something to that. And again, it's like, don't look at the sun. Cause if you look yeah. at the sun, you're going to go blind. And if you're looking at it for 44 minutes, well, where's, where's the truth in that? Where's the truth that it actually does cause these things. I'm sure there probably is. If you, yeah. as you said, if you do it the wrong way, um, if it's like midday and it's high UV rating, but I'm doing it within an hour of sunrise, sunset. Hmm. Um, again, if we look at what the ancients, they all revered the sun. Hmm. Sun gods, Ra, you know, pictures of the sun, pictures of them looking at the sun. And, and yeah, for me, it had a profound effect. And I know from my research, it seems that it improves eyesight if done correctly. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it and you know, I actually actually found some research the other day on that. There's there is some research where they say it um, improves myopia, mm. right? Which is poor eyesight. And the other thing is, with the sun, it gives the full light spectrum, so the full wavelength yeah. of all the all the different. Um, infrared visible yeah. light spectrum all of it so it showers us with all those frequencies and they've shown that inside cells there are things called chromophores which absorb this light from the sun and then it allows that energy from the sun or it allows those frequencies from the sun to be turned into energy by ourselves exactly so we're almost well we essentially are photosynthetic beings yeah. in a way yeah so, well we are yeah millions of um millions of lights are going off constantly in us yeah so um that that gives a lot of uh validity to we are light beings you know <laughs> like i know some people who are who are quite esoteric say oh only some of us are from the stars but we kind of technically are all are light beings aren't we so mm. we're all light beings and um it's interesting because what does a plant do? It takes light energy or it takes light, converts it into um, carbohydrates, right? Mm. And we eat that and then we liberate energy from the carbohydrate or the sugar, yeah. which was created from light. So we're essentially exactly. liberating light from the plant. So we, yeah. it is, this is what yeah. we are. Yeah. Uh, and people are so afraid of the sun. They're so afraid of going outside 
They're so afraid of grounding because if you're a light being, you're producing negatively charged electrons and you've got to ground yourself because you're working off electricity and light. It all makes it, it makes sense to me. <laughs> it does. And, and people are so worried. They, they often say to me, how can you walk barefoot? Like, won't you get worms and things like that? And I'm like, I never have. I've been barefoot for many, many years now, going town to town. And I, I haven't been sick enough to go to a doctor or a naturopath in 12 years now. Mm. Few reasons. Yeah, I believe the sun gazing, first-hand sun energy, second-hand sun energy, fruits and vegetables. I don't eat meat or dairy. I don't eat anything that's not plants. And I know herbs and m musical tunings. I believe with, with that holistic area, there's nothing like if I get a tickle in the throat, I know I can have uh, black seed and a sativa. Now that's being documented to even, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've seen people document it that they've cured HIV AIDS from that. So if they can, and um, Nigella sativa as black seed was found in Tutankhamun's tomb along with blue lotus, which is another magical herb that we've got the blue lilies in Australia. Um, so, so knowing the right herbs and that in combined with the plant-based diet and, and, and sun gazing, you know, and then the musical frequencies on top of that, mm. I, I want to live for, for well over a hundred years, like we talked about. And I believe, you know, how a lot of people say, oh, how can you want to live for that long? They often say that to me. I believe they're saying that because they're in a low vibration. Yes. They're in a, you know, they're, they're struggling with stuff. They're feeling ill. They're, they're feeling aches and pains like they might, you know, um, you know, I'm coming up towards, you know, being half a century now on this earth. A lot of my friends have really bad backs. They're, you know, they're feeling aches and things like that. Whereas, you know, I want to choose to feel like a 13 year old to well, well past 50, you know, mm. And, and maybe we will sort of leave it at this point. So I know you probably got to um, run off and do other things, but this is where the, the focus should be in trying to get good health with people and, and the rest of humanity is to look at people like yourself who are in good health. And maybe we start doing what people like you are doing rather than looking at the 50 year old who's riddled with arthritis and cancer and whatever, and then, just focusing on the bad things that they're doing because yeah. then we are always chasing the disease chasing how do we cure the thing that when it's already happened we should be looking at what's that guy over there doing that everyone else isn't doing who's completely healthy exactly Let's take a leaf out of his you know yeah. cap or, or or a page out of his book and and learn from that mm -hmm. it's really important that's awesome, Robbie. Like, I've really enjoyed chatting with you, mate. It's, yeah, me too, Daniel. It's been great. Um, is there anything that you wanted to end with? Any any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts. Just vibration is everything, you know, at its core level. That's what I believe. Um, a lot of people believe different, but uh, the more I research about this stuff, about sound, the more I'm always blown away by how it all, everything we can look at in this world comes back to vibrational frequencies, whether it's how our phones work, you know, we've got more processing power, they say now, than the president used to have in the whole of the White House at his disposal, right? Um, 
what does that work on vibrational frequencies uh if we can take that side of things and and bring it into our health as well vibrational frequencies if we can take it to people are working in jobs they hate um in in um partnerships that aren't fulfilling for themselves in family situations how can they change all that lifting their vibration mm -hmm. they don't have to leave these people maybe the vibration in if if it's with a, a spouse if they raise their vibration it would suddenly fall in love again all over again you know it's and yeah i believe it's all musical notes at, at its at its core core level it's truly fascinating, Robbie. It really is, mate. I, I do think that there's so much more to this than we we truly understand and be keen to sort of explore this again with you at some point in the future. Uh, yeah, I've and, that. yeah, I just like connecting with like-minded people who sort of think more deeply and outside the box rather than this, this myopic view of, you know, unless it's in a peer-reviewed journal, it's not real yeah. um when in fact when you look at the science most of it's wrong anyway like yeah. whatever's in the journals isn't true mm -hmm. um you've already said your uh website which was awaken the ancient.com dot org dot org okay yeah dot awaken yeah. the ancient dot org yeah. um so what i'll do is i'll put that website up in the show notes mate and yeah i encourage everyone to head over and have a look at your website i think it's uh, really good what you're doing, mate, and I think people can learn a lot from you. Fantastic. Thank you, Daniel. No worries, Robbie. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Great chatting to you. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions or comments, head on over to humanly.com slash podcast and join the discussion. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and become part of our growing community of like-minded health professionals. Until next time.